When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Brooke. And I'm Nicole. And we have a super special girls only episode going on today. Woohoo! No guys, so (laughs) here we go. And Nicole, we just announced that you're finally officially a part of the Haas Squadron, so welcome. Thank you, I'm really excited. Yeah, we're excited to be here and I'm pretty new too, so super excited to have some girl representation because we know there's those girls listeners out there, so... Girl yes. Star Wars fans, we we <laughs> exist. We're out there. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> so we got some fun things to talk about today. So we're going to kind of start with how we both got into Star Wars. We did kind of talk about a little bit. If you're on our Patreon, we had a playing Sabacc little episode. So you can listen to us on there too. But uh, Nicole, how did you kind of get into Star Wars? Yeah, I didn't get into Star Wars like when I was younger. I didn't really have anyone growing up that was into it, so I guess it just wasn't really on my radar mm-hmm. at all. Um I knew it was there. I just didn't right. watch it. <laughs> um but yeah, I was a Disney fan growing up and then once Disney bought Lucasfilm and announced the new movies coming out, I was like, I should probably like hop on the bandwagon yeah, let's see now. What it's about. Yeah, let's see what the hype is about. So I actually watched every single Star Wars film the week before The Force Awakens premiered. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how I dove right in. And then after that, I started getting into, like, the Clone Wars and um, all that other stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I, myself, my dad was huge into it. He was Mm -hmm. born, like, in the 70s, so he was, like, born straight into it. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, honestly, me and all my siblings were just raised on it because it was such a big part of his life, and so he shared that with us. And it was just really cool because I just remember he has all these vintage like toys and like old like 80s Halloween costumes that are actually really funny to look at because they're just so different than what we have now they're basically like garbage bag texture like little jumpsuits and like plastic masks so it's just really funny and it's it's funny because some I cringe now because like as a kid I played with those toys. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad was like, Yeah, play with them. He has like the Ewok village and like all these like really old, like really cool stuff and oh, I just wow. like look at it now and I'm like, We destroyed them. Like <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Yeah, now you have a bigger appreciation for them. <laughs> yes, for sure. And it's it's I also kind of think of it like, because I'm a huge Disney fan as well, so I think Mm -hmm. like Toy Story, like Toy Story is one of my favorites, and I'm like, no, like the toys want to be played with, they don't want to be on a show, so like that's how I like comfort myself, (laughs) I played with all these Star Wars toys. Yeah, so we both do have a love for Disney as well as Star Wars, um, and we actually kind of met through Disney. Yeah, we did, yeah, Yeah. character performing here in Michigan, so... 
we hang out with Disney princesses and such. Yeah, and we both worked at Disney too in the college yeah. program. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. So you we were both... in the boutique, right? The yes, the Bibbidi Bobbidi yeah. boutique. Yes, that always <laughs> sounded fun to me. And then I worked in the BR Guest restaurant for a bit, and then I also was a character attendant. So I would like assist the characters with their mm-hmm. needs and basically be their little bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Disney and Star Wars, I think both have a lot of similarities too i mean they both create these like immersive mm-hmm. fantasy worlds that like it's so easy to get caught up in because they're so like familiar and relatable and they're so yeah. believable too yeah for sure and people love that they want to like be in those worlds where they can just kind of like escape from their real life and just really be a part of it Mm-hmm. so that's why like i don't know disney world is just incredible and galaxy's edge especially is just so amazingly immersive and yeah it is you like i know you and colin talked about it too like even the cast members are so incredible there like they like they know their stuff they're like they're there for you they're like (laughs) we are on batu like this is where we live like they had their backstories like they even knew like where they were from like systems i've never even heard of before and i was like okay yeah like here we go (laughs) It's amazing. So cool. It's so well put together. Yeah. I mean, I think something else Disney and Star Wars have in common is, like, the possibilities for cosplay. Yes. I haven't done that much cosplay myself. I've really, like, technically only made one myself. But there's just so many different characters Mm -hmm. and, like, iterations of characters, too. Oh, yeah. That I think about cosplay a lot, but I haven't (laughs) done it a lot, so... I just think that's another fun aspect of Disney and Star Wars. Yes, I feel that. I have wanted to cosplay for forever. I just never really had, like, the drive or the means. And, like, just recently I've been like, you know what? Let's, like, let's try it. Let's see what we can do. And now, then you get to the point where you're like, well, okay, who you do first? Because there's so many that you love. You're like, okay, I got to pick one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So who who are, like, your top three that you would want to? Oh, my gosh. I would love to do Rey first like she's like my number one I don't Mm -hmm. know I just I connect to her so much I would also love to do Ariel she has always been like my favorite Disney princess ever um oh my gosh and a third one I don't know those would definitely be my top two (laughs) yeah there's so many possibilities it's hard to choose how about you I definitely want to do Ahsoka Mm -hmm. but (laughs) painting myself orange might be be a learning curve yeah they do it they have her in Disney don't they they do yeah and I know one of my friends his wife hung out with Ahsoka oh no way so I know a couple things but (laughs) not everything I also kind of want to see what she looks like in the Mandalorian before I get started because I think it's easier to transition a costume from a live action Mm -hmm. rather than from a cartoon that's very true because you because they actually have to do it yeah so So I can just copy them right there you go let let them do the work (laughs) and then you (laughs) yeah um what others I really like Jin I don't know if I'd necessarily want to cosplay as her but she's definitely someone that I like connect to the most so probably Jin. Jin is definitely um, super cool a third one I do love Rapunzel she's my favorite yes. Disney princess so probably <laughs> Rapunzel <laughs> all right so it's just us girls here we thought we would talk about 
how women are portrayed in Star Wars. Yeah, because obviously that's very important to us as we're both girls. Yes. <laughs> and there isn't always a lot of female representation in, like, sci-fi films. Yeah, traditionally it's very male-dominant. Right, and I mean, we see that not only just in, like, the leadership in these movies, but mm-hmm. also, like, just the number of characters we don't always see a lot of female characters. Very, very true. So it's always very exciting when we do have those female characters, and especially when they are strong, like, really well-written female characters. Yeah, and I mean, so Leia was, like, our first big female character that we saw in Star Wars, and she was a great, like, leaping-off point. She was super important to the story. She's one of the main characters. Like, the first thing we see her doing is... um, taking the stolen Death Star plans and hiding them inside R2-D2. So, like, mm-hmm. we obviously know she's important. Extremely, yeah. Yeah. And even though, like, she does get captured right away, but she definitely does not become, like, a damsel in distress. No, she does not play any damsel. She's very sassy throughout the whole thing. She, she seems so annoyed. She's like, I'm captured. Why? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and she, yeah, she never becomes helpless. She's, like, just ready to no. move on. She, even when, like, Luke comes to rescue her, she, like, still does most of most of the rescuing. Like, she shoots their way out of there. She does. Like, they're kind of, like, cornered <laughs> in that hallway basically and she's like all right somebody's got to save our skins yes she she was not satisfied with the way she was being rescued so she took over (laughs) yes she is definitely one of the strongest like female characters especially in the um original trilogy Mm -hmm. Um, and then she she grows she she like was a princess a really great leader then grows into a, a general right so she remains in power because she's such a wonderful leader. Yeah, and I mean, we see that leadership and that strong, powerful side of her, and then we also see, like, her caring and compassionate side, too. Mm -hmm. She's such a well-rounded character. Like, we see her taking care of Luke after rescuing him, Mm -hmm. and we see her taking care of Hans when she rescues him. Like, she she does most of the rescuing. She kind of does. Yeah. (laughs) And then we also see her with the Ewoks. Like, she, we see her soft, feminine, caring side with Mm -hmm. them. Um... And she kind of wins them over, too, like... She does, yeah, like, semi-capture her? Not really, but then she's just friends with them, and then she captures her friends, and she's like, what are you doing? They're my friends, (laughs) and they're like, huh? (laughs) So really, (laughs) Leia is the one that saves the day all the time. She's quick to dive into action. I mean, we see all the time. She jumps on a speeder bike and... Mm -hmm. She shoots her way out of anything she can. Yeah, a lot of times kind of, like, startling the guys. Like, when she did jump on that speeder bike, they were like, oh my gosh, Leia, what are you, like, yeah. there she goes again, like. <laughs> so then we move to Padme, mm-hmm. um, who also very important. She's a queen, she's a senator, and she's yes. Anakin's love interest. Yeah, but that's, like, the least important part. I yeah. Think. Like, <laughs> she, like, her, I really enjoy her character because... I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the politics of the prequels. I found it kind of interesting to see, like, the politics of, like, the galaxy. And she was such a big part of that. Like, she was a fighter for democracy and for the people and, like, was really cared about her people, which I thought was really awesome to see. Yeah. And it was great to see, like, a different type of character. Like, we saw Leia, who's a commander and a general, and now we get to see Padme, who's a senator and... Showing that you don't necessarily have to be on the front lines of the battle to make a difference. Very, very true. Like, she did fight a bit. She was a wonderful warrior, but she yes. was more kind of, like, on the background, kind of fighting for people in the courtroom is not the right word, but, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't, 
you don't see it happening, but she's there and she's doing yes, it. Yes, yes. And we see she's intelligent. She has strategic thinking. Yeah. She's determined. So. She's also a great leader who inspires loyalty. Like, we see her handmaidens are willing to risk their own lives oh, yeah. to pose as her. Yes. Um. So, obviously, she's a great leader because I don't think I'd be willing to risk my life for just anyone. I know. Yeah, very <laughs> true. And I, I know even they mentioned in the movie that they wanted, the people of Naboo wanted to, like, amend their, like, constitution so that she could serve another round as queen because, like, her term was up. Yeah. And they loved her so much they wanted to, like change that so that she could do it again but she was very humble and she was like no I served my time and and that's crazy because like if you think about like if we had a president that was great enough that we wanted to yeah. change the rules I can't so... imagine that at the moment but <laughs> no <laughs> and and that's crazy too that she had like her people's best interest in mind and said no mm-hmm. I can't do that like we have to stick to what we do because I can imagine there would be a lot of people who'd be like, "Oh heck yeah!" Like I want to be, I want to be queen for another few <laughs> yeah. years. But I definitely would want to be queen for longer, right? Be like, "Oh sure, <laughs> why not?" Yeah, <laughs> especially if the people want me to be right. So I imagine that was very tempting, but to have that willpower to be like, "No, like it's someone else's turn. I've done what I can." And then she got asked to serve as a senator, so she still got to fight for the people. Yeah, so she's definitely, like, a hero in a different way. Like, she has her strong morals, Mm -hmm. and she always does what she thinks is right. Yes. She's committed to maintaining peace and justice. Like, she is a different type of hero, but a very important one. Not necessarily an action hero, but... um, True. And then... So we see that mainly in the first two films she mm-hmm. appears in. And then... Yeah. I feel like as the movies progress and her, like, love of, like, her and Anakin's love grows stronger, she gets weaker. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Her her morals just kind of, like, switch from, like, the Senate to Anakin. <laughs> yeah. She... And, Yeah. It bothers me a little bit that she, you know, when her and Anakin start to fall apart, she starts to fall apart because she was her own person before she had Anakin, but for the sake of the Star Wars cinematic (laughs) universe, it makes sense because why wouldn't she be there in the original trilogies? Um but I feel like she deserved more. I agree. Like, the whole, like, she lost her will to live when Anakin left her. Like, come on, girl. Like, just because of a guy. Yeah. Like, I know that ha- that had to have been, like, extremely traumatic, though. Like, her world just came oh, yeah. crashing down. Her, the Republic is, or not the Republic, the Republic? Yeah. Sure. Sorry, there are so <laughs> many different terms that sometimes I forget. Uh, we all know what we're got, talking about. She's got demolished and it's the Empire now and she's pregnant and I imagine that was all a lot to take in. But I kind of would have liked her to be a little bit stronger at the end. Yeah, and not just an accessory or a secondary, yeah. but yeah. stayed true to her own her own self. They did her a little dirty. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but then moving on, the next female character we're introduced to in the new trilogy was Rey. Um, and from the beginning, I mean, she's, from the beginning to the end, she's portrayed as a very strong yeah. individual. Because um, she, was, she was basically by herself, like, her entire life. She had yeah. to fend for herself. She had no one else looking out for her yeah and because of that she's even smarter and stronger 
than she could have been. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, one of the first things we see her say is to Finn is, I know how to run without you holding my hand. <laughs> I like, love that line. <laughs> I was just like, yes. It's yes. just so great to see like these strong female characters and especially ones where it's like, they're not going to take your sexist ideals. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. she knows how to run. Like, she doesn't need Finn to hold her hand. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't had anyone her whole life. Right. And she was so groundbreaking, too, because not only was she a Jedi, but she was, like, one of the most powerful, like, yeah. strongest force mm-hmm. wielder. And in the beginning, she wasn't connected to anyone. Like, it was all her. We didn't know where she came from. We just knew very true how powerful she was. And I think that was so exciting to see, too, was just, like, this nobody mm-hmm. who was so strong, like, showing that anyone can be anything they want to. And I really loved that message, which is why I really wanted her to just be a nobody. Yes. I wanted her to just be, like, just this random person who just, you know, it doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter where you come from. That doesn't define you. You are what decides whether or not you are strong and powerful. Right, exactly. You could say her message still says that in the end. You can, yeah. It's just <laughs> now she's a Palpatine, which is right. why she was supposedly so strong. And I'm just like, Ugh. She didn't have to be a Palpatine no. to be strong. No, so. And also, I don't know how you feel about this. How did you feel about her taking the Skywalker name? I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was like, it was nice. I mean, it was kind of cute. But at the same time, I was like, I almost wanted her to take the Palpatine name and just be like, yep, that's who I am, but, like, I'm a good person. Like, does right. it doesn't matter. Like, that's me. Yeah. You know? Proving that <laughs> even though this is my name, like, it doesn't matter. I'm yes. still my own person. Yes, exactly. I think that would have almost been more powerful than taking the Skywalker name, but I guess, you know, it's the Skywalker saga, so. Oh, I know. But she's of... not really a Skywalker. <laughs> that was my not. thing. That was like, she's not related to them in any way. She just, like knew them right i mean you know she kind of she took over leia's journey yeah and so in kinda a way like, kind of like i guess i guess you can say she kind of like finished the skywalker journey she did yeah because we saw leia's training and mm-hmm. she stepped back because of what she saw in the future and so she kind of took that over for leia um so i mean in a way it was kind of her and leia's journey you could say but it was still race Ray's journey. It was still, yes. Yes, it was. It was. That's done. We can't change it. Right. What's what's done is done. We can only think about what could have been. Yes. (laughs) And besides the big three, I mean, we have some other strong female characters too. Like Ahsoka. Yes. Um, And she was, before Ray. she was the first Timeline-wise, yes. Yeah. Female Jedi that we saw. um, Not on the big screen, but the little screen in your house and she is so important too because she gets the privilege that not a lot of other star wars characters get Mm -hmm. that we get to see her from the beginning of her training and we get to see her grow like all the way through her life which i think is really cool because we see her you know as this young naive little padawan who's kind of a little bit annoying let's be honest as all (laughs) young padawans can be and then we see her like through her entire journey growing into this grown jedi yeah i mean you know she started off headstrong she had Mm -hmm. a good spirit but we see like how brave she is how clever she is Mm -hmm. and like 
she wasn't afraid to challenge authority either. She knows that right. anyone can be wrong no matter what position you're right, in. Right, absolutely. We see her grow and she has respect for others and Yes. She she, she knows really when does she change makes. so much. Yeah. And she learns from her mistakes. And it's important to see her make those mistakes, too, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, sometimes there's movies where just, like, the main characters are just flawless. And that's just not realistic. So it's really mm-hmm. refreshing to see characters make mistakes, have low points, and then see them grow and learn from that. Yeah. I think Ray, we probably see, have a mm-hmm. lot of low points, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. she doesn't even want to take this on in the beginning. No. She was like, I don't want this. Like, I just want to go back to Jakku. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And I think... I was doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) And that was really refreshing after seeing Leia and Padme, who are so, like, strong the whole time, Mm -hmm. basically. And now we get to see these characters who have a little more ups and downs. Yes. Everyone has ups and downs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Rey has a horribly hard time in The Rise of Skywalker because she's trying to figure out, like, who she is. And she's, like, semi-battling with the dark side as well and just trying to figure out, like, what this all is. And she's, like, scared, like, what if I turn to the dark side and who am I? And Right. And just nervous to make every little decision that could affect her future. Right. Scared of making the wrong decision, which is such a normal and natural fear to have. And jumping into, like, decisions and stuff, like, um, Star Wars has their Forces of Destiny series. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on YouTube. I've watched a couple episodes, and I think they're really cute. They're just two to three minute episodes, and they all center around the female characters in Star Wars. Um, So there's... Leia, Sabine, Jin, Rose, Ahsoka, Padme, and Rey. Um, so at the beginning of every episode, one of these females is at the forefront. And it's just like a little segment in their life, like mm-hmm. anywhere along the road where they like overcame something. Um, and at the beginning, it's actually Maz Kanata's voice talking about how like every decision you make affects your destiny. Yeah. So I think they're just powerful little shorts. So while you're cooped up inside... Yeah, Take definitely check those. those out because, yeah, like she said, they're short, so like you can binge a whole bunch or you can just watch a few here or there. And they're also really great for kids, you know, who might have a little bit of a shorter attention span. Yeah. Just kind of like suck them in a little bit and they're like, oh, that's really fun. And mm-hmm. and I think it's a great way to get to know a lot of the characters too. Like, true. If you haven't watched The Clone Wars or mm-hmm. um, anything like that, you can get introduced to some of those characters or just see more from them if you've watched everything and you want more. Yes, yes, like like all of us. We just I just love learning everything I can and it's so crazy because like you've got like, you know, your main movies, but there mm-hmm. is so much more backstory that you get from these like like rebels and the clone wars and all this stuff that yeah. just adds to that story that you didn't know before. Mm-hmm. You kinda need to you kinda need to just watch it all if you yeah. wanna know anything. <laughs> There's just so much. Yeah, like, Jin is one of my favorite characters, and mm-hmm. we only get her for one movie, which sucks, because she's such an awesome character, and she gets these shorts, and, like, I started reading her book, too, mm-hmm. just to learn more about her, because she's she's awesome, because she's just a normal yes. person. <laughs> yeah, she was just, like, a random person in the galaxy. She's not Force-sensitive. She wasn't born a princess. She was just like you and me right kind of out there trying to live her life trying to survive yeah and then she was just dragged into this and 
this cause that she didn't even believe in to begin with and then no not at all she was like i don't want to be here (laughs) and then by the end of the movie she was the one convincing everyone else that they needed to have hope yeah just it's so powerful i i love rogue one i thought that was such a good movie it was yeah it was just so like just really powerful and moving and like so so sad like everyone died but (laughs) it was for a good cause it's just like just shows you like how strong people's like faith and beliefs can like be right and how strong their cause was too because Mm -hmm. these people that like all just came along the way oh yeah they like basically everyone that's kind of like picked up along the way and then they just formed this really random group of people (laughs) (laughs) that were all willing to die for this rebellion yeah (laughs) i'm wearing a rogue one sweatshirt right now so (laughs) i love it We don't get to see a lot of, like, regular people in the Star Wars universe. I guess that's That's probably something that I would want to see more of Mm -hmm. in the future. Just more everyday people and their Mm -hmm. stories and how... Yeah. Because it's kind of interesting to know, like, what... Because we know what was happening with, like, the main rebellion. Like, how they're fighting. But what was it like, maybe, on a random system? Like, how, how did that rebellion... How did it look to them? Right. Were there a lot of systems that kind of, like, rose up and fought themselves? Like... Right, or a lot of, like, passive systems that mm-hmm. tried to ignore everything. Um, yeah, because, like, from our perspective, it's kind of easy to see who's right and who's wrong. Like, right. But what did it look like to the other people in the galaxy, and how did they kind of react to everything that was going on? Very true, because I think there are, like, like a bit in like Rebels and Clone Wars, there are a few episodes that way where they kind of go to a system and they're just kind of trying to stay neutral because it hasn't really had a huge effect on them yet. Right. And I think ultimately in the episodes, they'll probably decide the rebellion is probably the right <laughs> way to go. We hope but, you so. know, it's just kind of interesting to see like when the battle is not really right on your front doorstep, what does that look like to you? Right. How do you go about your everyday mm-hmm. life trying to either avoid this or pick a side, I guess. True. So what else haven't we seen in Star Wars that you might like to see? Oh, gosh. I'm just really ready to see, like, some, like, fresh new things. I want to, like, just dive deeper into this whole world, like, maybe some new species or, like, some Mm -hmm. new systems, just, like, a new story. Because, like, I I absolutely love the Skywalker saga. Oh, yeah. But now I just feel like it's kind of like it's run its course. They've wrecked the galaxy. Um, we're done with them. We're kind of, yeah. It, let's see, like, just something new, something fresh. Like, I loved The Mandalorian because that was kind of like a, a brand new take. Like, yes. characters we'd never seen before. Um, so just more stuff like that. And so the new the new book coming out, The, um, the High Republic, I'm really excited yeah. for that. To see this new, like, era, or old era, technically, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> of the new Jedi and this, like, brand new story. So I'm just ready for new and fresh, and Star Wars is just going to live forever, and I love it. <laughs> yes. They, yeah, they'll never run out of stories to oh, tell, no. for sure. Even though we have gotten a lot of Skywalker, I personally would like to see something with Leia and Rey, like Leia's training with Rey, because there oh, that'd be really cool. a bit of a gap between eight and nine, so I think kind of filling some of those holes would yeah. be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Or even just to see, I guess, I just have a lot of questions about, like, the the uh, First Order. How did mm-hmm. that, like, how did that come to be? How did yes. they How did they rise from the Empire? Or did they rise from the Empire? Or are they their own separate thing? Like, how did that happen? And yeah. then also, like, Snoke. 
I'm very curious how, like, like we know now that it was, like, Palpatine's puppet, whatever. But how did he, like, just make this guy and throw him in there and was like, hey, look at this Sith Lord who's definitely <laughs> been here for, like, ever, and he should totally be your supreme leader. Like, how right. How did he pull that off? <laughs> this, I have questions. This very old guy that yes. no one saw grow up. No, like, he just, like, came out of nowhere. <laughs> yes, we need answers. Yes. So that was that was one of my biggest questions from The Force Awakens. I was just like, wait, who? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and another thing we haven't gotten is like a female supreme leader. Heck yeah. We've only had male supreme leaders. Oh, you are right. Like in the latest trilogy, um, the Rebel Alliance like had a lot more like female pilots and mm-hmm. female generals and there was definitely like a big female presence mm-hmm. and I remember like seeing an article after The Force Awakens came out that like this movie wouldn't have been possible without females because there were so many in the movie and that was like yes. such a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, but I need a female supreme leader. Yes. I mean, we almost <laughs> had Empress Rey, so do we almost wish she went to the <laughs> right? <laughs> She would have been it. She would have been it. We are so close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did have Phasma, who was like... That's very true, like the head of the stormtroopers, right. which is pretty big. Like, you know, you've got a crap ton of stormtroopers, and here's the leader who is a female. Right, but we do... She never takes her helmet off. I mean, we can tell she's female from the voice, but... Right. Well, um, there was, like, she did get it smashed a little bit, like, right before right. she died, so we saw her eyeball, which was like, oh, she is human. Yeah, right. <laughs> um... Oh my gosh, I I don't know if you remember, like, when they first announced Phasma, there were so many, sorry, but, like, there were guys who were like, sorry, but I can't really tell that she's a girl. And then there was just the backlash of what? Did you want her to have, like, giant boob plates? And, like, like, the armor is supposed (laughs) to protect you. It's not supposed to look sexy. Right. (laughs) Yes, I... Yeah, I think that would have defeated the purpose of having a female stormtrooper if she was that obvious about it right she was just she was wearing armor it's made to protect you like that's some gripe i have a lot of times with like other sci-fi things it's just like the women's costumes are just not as functional as they should be yeah (laughs) they're definitely designed by men you can usually tell when a costume is designed by a man and by a woman when they're for a woman (laughs) I would agree with that. Yeah, usually it's it's either very sexy or it's very functional. Right. Very Which, rarely do they cross. Right. <laughs> Luckily in Star Wars, I mean, I feel like 99% of the costumes are function. I would agree with that as um, well. They do a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, my only beef would be with Slave Leia, which... Right. But that was kind of like the, the point was that like, I don't know, they took her and they turned her into a slave it wasn't like her choice right she know? didn't choose to wear it that it was like yeah right and i love carrie fisher did some it was like a, someone asked her a question in an interview like what do you like say to like young girls who like see you in that costume or something like that and her answer was well you tell them that i was enslaved by this gross bug <laughs> yeah. thing and um and then i turned around and killed him in it and I was like, yes. Like <laughs> that, yes, that makes it yeah. so empowering. Yes. She's like, I didn't want to wear this, but I'm, then I killed the guy who did it. So. <laughs> so what you got to do. Yep. You do what you got to do. <laughs> it's so important to have these really good, strong female 
characters in movies because movies and media just have such a huge impact on how like we view ourselves and how oh, we yeah. view the world like you may not realize it but like it really does mm-hmm. so it's so important to have like for young girls to see these strong female characters because it allows them to kind of see themselves in these characters and it's gonna affect how you view yourself oh yeah for sure i mean i didn't grow up with Star Wars, which I really wish I would have, because I, <laughs> I definitely think, like, these characters would have had an influence on mm-hmm. me, especially, like, Ahsoka. Like, if I had sat down and watched her every week, I probably would have been a bit more, like, commanding. And, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but I was a big princess girl growing up, so... I was as well, yeah. <laughs> that definitely influenced me to be a bit of a princess at times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And now we both dress up as princesses for fun, so. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. No, it's not at all. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, these characters and also like a lot of the actresses themselves are such great role models. Yeah, that's very true. Carrie Fisher was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I love her to death. Yes, I do too. Um, I know Ashley Eckstein, who voices Ahsoka, Mm -hmm. is also such a great role role model. Yes. Um, And she started her own company to make apparel for girls like oh, for star wars fans you know, i remember hearing about that yep. yes she created her universe so i just yes. listened to an interview with her she wanted to design clothes for lucasfilm and they said no we only like license out to respectable reputable companies oh and so she said okay and she well, went and started her own company i love that <laughs> yep and then she eventually like nine months later i think got the licensing from lucasfilm to then <gasps> start making clothing for women who love star wars and That's funny other nerdy things <laughs> but yeah which all came from her influence of wanting to buy these clothes and not having anywhere to buy them from right yeah because so much stuff like merchandise is aimed towards guys because they assume that that's their main fan base right and now just that's hasn't always been the case but Mm -hmm. now just there are so many more women who are interested in star wars like even more so now that we've got you know like ray and um ahsoka and all these Mm -hmm. women characters that women are being more inclined to watch because they're like oh like this actually this is awesome yeah (laughs) so do we think so we have like the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which is a male-centered Disney Plus Star this, Wars show. It's true. And we have the Cassian series coming out at some point. I don't know quite when. And I Kenobi. feel like Kenobi. Yep. So do we think we'll get a female-centered? I'm thinking we definitely series? should. Yeah, we definitely should because that's three, <laughs> three to for zero. the guys and zero for the girls. So oh, what, what should? What could it be about? That's the thing. Oh. Maybe we'll get a new character? Maybe. I mean, the Mandalorian was a new character. That's very true. And he was amazing. Yes. I'm so stoked for season two. Yes. More baby Yoda. and Yes, more baby Yoda (laughs) and Ahsoka, hopefully. Yeah, so she'll be on the Mandalorian, even though she probably, she won't be like a main character going forward. She might make an appearance or two. So we need a female-centered Disney Plus show, Star mm. Wars. That's what we want next. It's yep. three to zero. Dear, dear Lucasfilm, <laughs> we demand <laughs> a new show. Maybe we could have. It would be hard since we don't have Carrie Fisher, but like a Leia, like mm. a, I want a Jedi Leia something. They could maybe bring in her daughter. There we go. Because she, I mean, they could do a CGI if they wanted to. But even if they just had her, she looked like her mother. She does like. 
have like see like Leia's training because that would be so mm-hmm. cool to see. Yeah, because I was super excited to learn that she did eventually train because we knew all along, well, not all along, but for a long time that she was force sensitive. Right. She could have been a Jedi if she wanted to. So I love that they threw that in there that Luke did train her. Mm-hmm. So super. Yeah, I think her daughter actually, like, was the double for that scene. She was. Yeah. yeah. They, like, you know, did the CGI over her face, but her daughter did the movements and whatnot, mm-hmm. which was super awesome. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Should we go on to Easter eggs? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, in the spirit of Easter being right around the corner, or past, whenever this airs, it's this week, guys. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we thought we would go over some of the coolest Easter eggs that we found on the internet. Yes, some of our <laughs> favorites, whether they're from our favorite movie or our favorite characters. Um, yes. So we'll start off, since we were just talking about Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorites um, in The Last Jedi, one of the aliens in the casino, um, is actually holding a dog-like creature that was based on Carrie Fisher's dog, Gary. I love that so much. <laughs> she loved that dog so much. It was yeah. like her second child, because she had one, so second child. Right. <laughs> her only son. <laughs> yes, her only son. And he's super cute, so if you haven't seen him, look him up. Yes. Um. So Rogue One, I've probably stated a few times already, is one of my favorite <laughs> movies. Um, so one of my favorite Easter eggs, while Jin and Cassian are looking for the Death Star plans, they read off one of the titles hyperspace tracking they do yeah which is crazy because then in the last jedi obviously um rose reveals that the hyperspace tracking is new tech so it had been developed over the last couple years so my interest is like were they planning that or did they like was Ryan Johnson watching Rogue One and he was like, oh, hyperspace tracking, let me Wait, put that in. Uh, yeah, well, whoever <laughs> decided that, I think that's such a cool thing that they did because it, like, connected because, you know, when I saw The Last Jedi, I was like, hyperspace tracking, like, that's that's never been a thing. Like, where right. did this come from? But then they threw that into Rogue One, like, oh, look, like, they have been working on this for forever. So they just kind of yeah. connected it in that way, which is just like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> just a little nugget but it works yes it did so that's super awesome um something i really enjoyed so the skywalker name was originally when it was originally in production um it was star killer so it was originally gonna be like luke star killer which just sounds so menacing could you yeah. imagine like the star killers running around the galaxy i think everyone would have known something was wrong if his name was star killer <laughs> like we gotta stay away from this kid <laughs> honey i want you to stay away from him why do you know what his name is <laughs> yeah that was good call guys yes we approve <laughs> Um, so at the very end of Rise of Skywalker, um, during the post-battle reunions, we see Maz Kanata come up to, um, Chewie and give him the medal from the end of A New Hope. Yeah. Which I thought it was cute. Like, we don't really know why he didn't get a medal in the first place. I know you had read something yes, about I, I read Wookiees. or heard that it might have just been kind of like a Wookiee code kind of thing that they just like, you know, he like he did a good deed and didn't really feel the need for a medal kind of thing. I don't know if that's correct or not, but right. it kind of makes sense, you know, if yeah. it was just like, you know. Like, like Dwight in the office when uh, <laughs> he saves Jim's life and then he won't accept a gift Oh, that's right. And Jim's going insane because he's like, I want to thank you. <laughs> so maybe Leia was going insane that she couldn't give Chewie this medal her entire life. So Maz is like, Chewie, she's gone. You have to do it now. You have to now. 
She like waited all this time. She's yes. like, Maz, the second I'm gone, you get him that medal. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my questions answered. <laughs> love it. Uh, speaking of love, so you know the traditional like "I love you, I know" from Han and Leia. I did not pick up on this the first time I saw the Rise of Skywalker, but the second time I did, and I wanted to cry. So you know when Kylo um, just kind of finished his battle with Rey on. Um, oh my goodness the Death Star, and he's talking to his ghost of a father, and he says, Dad, and then Han goes, I know. It's like a little nod to that. Mm -hmm. I love you, I know. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. I love that. That's one of my favorite, like, like the I love you, I know is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. moments, so the fact that they, like, brought it back again. Yes, with his son. Right in the heartstrings. Seriously. That whole scene, I was like, oh. I just... (laughs) I was a big fan of Kylo Ren. Like, not specifically in, um, I'm just gonna blank on all the names today, you guys. Force Awakens. I was like, oh, he's kind of weird. But, like, The Last Jedi, something happened. And I was just like, all right, I'm a fan now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Colin. Um, (laughs) Kylo Ren is definitely, he's always been one of my favorites. I don't know why I... Yeah, because he was kind of like the emo teen boy. He was, in, yes. in The Force Awakens, but yeah. I think I have a weakness for that, I, so. That was totally me in, like, high school. Like, I was totally that, like, yeah. emo girl. <laughs> I listened to, like, Panic at the Disco, and. <laughs> well, going so going back to Harrison Ford, we know not only did he play Han Solo, but he was also Indiana Jones. Yes. Um, and we actually see in Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. um, if you glance over Indy's shoulder and see some hieroglyphics while they're grabbing the Ark of the Covenant, you actually see R2-D2 and C-3PO in the hieroglyphics. Yes, which I love that they connect that. It's just, yeah. It's so funny that they... <laughs> uh, so cool. I love Easter eggs. They're so fun. Yeah. Um, also in Indiana Jones, um, in Temple of Doom... Um, the club they go to is called Club Obi-Wan. So, another ah. Star Wars reference <laughs> in Indiana Jones. We love it. They're two of my favorite, like, series. Yes. So, why not connect them? Absolutely. Um, so another connection, this one is actually with numbers within the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Leia's cell number from A New Hope is actually the same as Finn's Stormtrooper 2187. Yeah. Which is... I don't, they probably did it on purpose. They I don't know how you would that come that's, up with this that's random. a very specific set of numbers to just be, like, random. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really cool. I remember reading that and being like, what? Like, yeah, love that. It's just kind of a way to connect, like, that the new sequel to the originals in mm-hmm. little ways. Yeah. Um, another number that's kind of important in Star Wars is 1138. So this number, I guess it appears a few times in the series, um, and it is kind of a nod to George Lucas's first short film called Electric Labyrinth. Um, so what's an example? So when Han and Luke are, um, stormtroopers and they've got Chewie and they, like, go in and they're like, oh, we're doing a prison transfer to cell 1138. So that's just one of the examples of this number kind of floats throughout it's kind of like if you're familiar with a113 in disney um that number or (laughs) pixar specifically yeah um kind of appears a lot so numbers yeah very (laughs) cool (laughs) um so i guess going back to like having easter eggs in in other films or from other films um in the phantom menace we actually see an evapod in the junkyard 
um, when Qui-Gon Jinn is walking by, and it's the pod from 2001 A Space Odyssey. So we see him not only making references to himself, but also some other sci-fi, other popular sci-fi films, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. And another connection, not sure what the connection is exactly, but there is a Led Zeppelin logo in, (laughs) there's an astro droid well in The Phantom Menace, and there's like a few different little logos kind of look like they've been spray painted on and one of them is Led Zeppelin so just another connection Random. I'm not really sure maybe Led Zeppelin was just like a huge fan and was like I want to be in the movie yeah <laughs> so Led Zeppelin is canon now yep yep there's there's a Led Zeppelin droid somewhere in in the Star Wars universe so if you find him let us know yeah <laughs> So, off-topic, I guess, we're going to a different phase. Um, Back in Rogue One, we see a container of blue milk on the Urso's family kitchen counter. Blue milk. Which we love. (laughs) Yes. Did you try the blue milk when you went to Galaxy? I did, yeah. What did you think? Blue milk was my favorite over green. My friend got green because she had had both of them already, and I wanted to try both. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got blue. And, yeah, I loved it. It was a little weird, like, drinking milk in, like, 90-degree weather all day, because <laughs> I got... I, I had to get the souvenir cup, which yes. feels like you're drinking an actual gallon of milk. That's very true. So... It's, it's big. <laughs> yeah. So I would suggest getting, like, the little cups, not the souvenir cup. Um, unless you want to drink milk all day, that's that's your call. I mean, that's totally up to you. <laughs> I, I want to get the souvenir mug. I didn't, probably because I didn't want to carry too many souvenirs, because yeah. we only brought, like, backpacks on the plane. Um, mm. But yeah, I did really like the blue milk, and I, I guess I didn't really know what to expect, because you think, like, milk, it's going to be, like, milk? I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> right. But it's really not. It's, like, fruit. <laughs> right, so yeah. So it was just kind of, like, an interesting... Yeah, because it... It's, like, the consistency of milk, but definitely not a milk flavor. Right. Which is so. good, because I don't like milk. Oh, I do. Colin really? and I go through so much milk. He he drinks more milk than I do. It's it's insane. We go through, like, a gallon a week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what are some more Easter eggs? What else do we have? Oh, so, E.T. E.T. makes an appearance in The he Phantom does. Menace. I don't know if it's necessarily E.T. specifically, but it's his, like, species. They have one of, you know, you know they're, they're in the Senate, and each little species has their little pods. There's a little pod of uh, ETs. ETs. <laughs> so E.T., canon in Star Wars. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fun. Um, uh, in The Force Awakens, uh, we see Finn pick up a white sphere uh, while he's looking for the first aid kit for Chewie, mm-hmm. and it's the remote-controlled sphere that Luke used for his training oh, yeah. in A New Hope. And it was so quick, too. It was like a quick little, like, what is this? And then he threw it. Yeah. I remember I saw it, and I was like, what? Did he just, was that, what? <laughs> How could he throw it? I know. <laughs> there was a lot of times where Finn, like, he would, like, say something, or, like, Ray would be like, oh, that's a piece of junk, and it was, like, the Falcon, and you finally see it, and you're like, what do you mean that's a piece of junk? It's <laughs> right. the Millennium Falcon, or or they would just, like, make a joke about something, and you're like, what do you mean? Like, this is Star Wars. <laughs> disrespectful. Uh, how disrespectful. These, like, young whippersnappers. <laughs> something I found that I did not know is that Yoda's little hut, you know, on Dagobah, um, a part of it is actually his escape pod from episode three. Mm. He kind of like incorporated that into it and used it for the power. So I thought that was a really fun thing that I did not catch on to, yeah. which really made sense because you think like, why not use it? Like, right. <laughs> 
Oh, I really liked this one. The festival on Pasana in The Rise of Skywalker, C-3PO says it occurs once every 42 years. Um, and the very first movie came out 42 years ago. So that was a cute little nod to like this little 42 years of Star Wars. So That's I thought, awesome. I thought that was fun. I Yeah, that is something that I would never catch. Some of these other Easter eggs, like, I've caught or I feel yeah, like I could catch. Yep. But that one is very creative. There's I like that. Like, there's some that I'm just like, how do you people, like, catch these? Because <laughs> right. like, I have to, like, go back and, like, really look. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, there it is. So, yeah. like, just props to anyone who has actually caught an Easter egg that's, like, really obscure. Because, like, you have to have such a good eye for that. Yeah, and I feel like I have to be thinking about them to catch them. Like, if I don't right. know it's there, I'm not going to notice. Right, it. exactly. And it's just like so hard, like so many like background things or, excuse me. Um, and I'm just like, how? What? Yeah. Like, um, you'll love this. So apparently there is a hidden Mickey in The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember reading that and I was like, no way. Like, yeah. I saw the picture and I was like, I don't believe it. And I guess granted, I'm looking at it on Disney Plus, so I'm, I would assume, just, we're going to assume it was there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I watched it and I was like, there it is. It's right before, so uh, Luke and Darth Vader are fighting and, you know, at some point that window behind them gets broken and they get, like, sucked out into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's, like, right before that. It's, like, kind of back on the wall. Like, it's slightly illuminated. And I was like, yep, there it is. Like, how <laughs> random. Because, like, it, like, yeah, Disney bought Star Wars, but, like, years later. Yeah. Like, did they know? Like, <laughs> they... He, George Lucas knew in his subconscious. <laughs> he was like, they're taking everything. I might as well. <laughs> right. Might as well give it to him. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Did you have any more Easter eggs? I think we kind of... Those were all the ones I had. I think we pretty much covered... I have a couple... I don't know if these are necessarily Easter eggs, but something that I really enjoy is in episode four, um, there is a stormtrooper. So, you know, they've got the doors. They, like, they slide up, you know, in a in a way. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, this specific door, it didn't go up all the way. So, like, the stormtroopers walk through it and this one, he banged his head <laughs> on the way in. And I remember watching, like, a documentary or something and this guy was like, yeah, I was like, I hit it. And I was, like, expecting them to be like, cut or whatever. And he was like, they didn't. So, like, you know, I kept acting. <laughs> and then he was like, and I was mortified when I saw that it actually made it into the movie. Like, they didn't catch oh it. Oh my gosh. So, so funny. It's in the beginning. Like, I think they were, like, coming in and, like, I don't know if it was, like, C-3PO and R2 that they were walking in on. I can't remember off the top of my head, but... That's crazy. And, like, you can hear it, too. There's a there's an audible thump as this guy hits his head. Oh, my gosh. So, maybe less of an Easter egg than just a funny right. thing. I guess that <laughs> sticks to the fact that Stormtroopers, like, can't shoot and can't do anything right, so... Oh, those poor... It works. Those poor Stormtroopers, they get yeah. so much crap. <laughs> Um, I do have, this is kind of an Easter egg, but it's like a real life Easter egg. So if you are a frequent of Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World, I cannot vouch for Disneyland. But if you go into the Launch Bay area and they've got kind of like some props from the movies, um, one of them they've got in there is the Tantive Four. And if you, you kind of need to honestly like shine a light in the very front window because you can't hardly see it. But if you do it just right, there is a little mini poster in there that is Mickey and Minnie recreating the original episode four 
poster. Oh. So kind of like a hidden Mickey kind of thing in there. So if you, yeah, yeah, definitely if you're going as soon as they open back up, whenever yeah. that happens, um, and you feel like going to try to find it, it's kind of fun to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably a lot more like hidden Easter eggs in Galaxy's Edge that oh. people haven't even discovered yet. Oh, heck yeah, that could be its own podcast. Yeah. Like, we, I saw, I don't remember which restaurant it is. It's just a little walkthrough one, like, mm-hmm. on a corner where you can get your Was Ronto it? wraps. Oh, um, Docking Bay something, like, six it, or something. might be that, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, Mando's armor is up on the wall in there. There's, oh, is it like, really? There's a ton of stuff collaged <gasps> up on the wall, yep, and Mando's armor is up oh, there. Oh, that's super cool. Which I didn't even notice when I was there. Actually, I don't think the Mandalorian had even come out yet when I was there. Oh. Um... But then someone else pointed it out on their Instagram story one day, and I saw it. And I'm mad that I didn't see it in person. Right, you're always <laughs> mad. You're like, I was just there. How did, yeah. I, how did I not see it? Yeah. That's why you gotta go back. Yes. I'll keep going back. Yes. I know Colin and I are really excited to finally get down there and just... I just want to spend more time there, because there really are so many, like things not even necessarily hidden just like that right. you need to like look at to really like take everything in right and like the characters they just have wandering around all the time too which is mm-hmm. fun like i was in one of the shops trying to find an r2d2 bowl that my friend had at her house and i was like <laughs> i want that so we were looking for this r2d2 kitchen bowl and the store was so crowded and i couldn't get through and i was so mad like shoving through this crowd <laughs> And then I realized there was a crowd because R2-D2 was in the store. Oh, my gosh. And then I felt so bad because oh, I no. just shoved through all these people <laughs> waiting to see him just looking for a bowl. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was a very important bowl. It was, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I went and I really wanted to see Ray. Like, Ray is one of my favorite characters. And I totally did not see her. And I remember, like, my feet had started to oh. really hurt. So, like, Colin had gone, he went, He rode um, the Falcon, like, six times. Oh I, only, I only rode it four, so he rode it a couple times without me, just because mm-hmm. I was getting a little tired. And he, like, came back, like, the last time he did his little round, and he was like, so I ran into Ray, and I was like, no! Oh my gosh! Did he get to course. talk to her? No, I think she was on, on her way to her break, honestly. Sorry okay. to ruin the magic, but just, he <laughs> said that she was like, oh no, I gotta go, like, the Stormtroopers are there, so she's probably on her way out. But. Right, yeah. <laughs> I saw Ray like, the second we got there, and we, like, sprinted to her, because it was Ray and Vi talking to each other. They mm. were on, like, the fenced inside of the Falcon, and they were talking to this other girl, so I sprinted up, <laughs> and I was like, the second they're done talking to her, I'm going to talk to them, and then Vi left, which I wasn't too upset about. Right. Um, but then I got to talk to Ray just for a second. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and I forgot, like, it's funny meeting these characters in person, because mm-hmm. I didn't even think that, like... Ray hasn't met Yoda, and my friend was wearing Yoda ears, <laughs> and she was like, oh, what yeah. kind of creature are you? And she was like, I'm Yoda. Right. And she was like, oh, Master Yoda, like, yeah, Master Skywalker has told me about him. And I was like, oh, yeah, you yeah, don't know him, do no. you? It's kind of funny to think about that, like, she doesn't know any of those, like, original people that you, like, they're the, like, iconic ones, the, like, Yoda, like, everyone knows who Yoda is, but, like, Ray totally right. Doesn't. She hasn't seen the movies. She, has, she hasn't seen the movies. <laughs> and I'm wondering because like the Galaxy's Edge is like stuck in the time period between Episode Eight and Nine. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering now that Episode Nine is out, if at some point they'll kind of change that, or if it will always be like between those two movies. I feel like it will probably have to be in between because 
Ben slash Kylo Ren dies. That's so true. If they updated it, he would no longer really be able to be there. Which, right. would... which they have dead characters in the park already. This is but... true. But I feel like with Star Wars, that would be a lot harder. Since yeah, it's, you know, it's it's definitely the most immersive part of Walt Disney World parks I have ever been to. Oh yeah, like the other parts are definitely immersive, but there's just something that they did so well with Galaxy's Edge, where it's like you 100% are there. Yeah. And I think, like you were talking about, like, the wandering characters are such a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Like, because I saw Ray at the beginning, and then when we were eating lunch, like, we were just sitting on a ledge outside of the food place, mm-hmm. and Ray, like, just sprinted by, and I was like, <laughs> okay, she's on a mission. She... <laughs> Did the stormtroopers come, like, right behind her? I don't remember. I just uh... remember seeing Ray, like, literally, like, she looked both ways, and then she sprinted by, and I was like... <laughs> Yep. How fun would that be? That's like my dream job. I yeah. just want to be a wandering character at Galaxy's Edge. Just like doing my thing. Yeah, so much fun. Uh, yes. I could talk about Galaxy's Edge forever. I just want to live there. Do, yep. they, do they have any apartments for rent? I don't know. <laughs> we could probably set up in one of the ships. That's the true. Falcon's pretty big. The Falcon is pretty big. So that's actually a big question that I know a lot of people have asked. Is there actually an interior to the Millennium Falcon? Mm -hmm. Or did they just build it, like, you know? Right. Because I heard, I don't know if it's true, I heard a rumor that there actually is a room that, like, it looks like the Falcon in there, and it's for, like, celebrities when they come to visit. No idea if that's true or not, but I would very much like to know. I feel like that might be true, because I feel like I've seen pictures, but it could also be from the Mm. um, Smuggler's Run ride, because in the little waiting room, it looks like the Falcon. That's true. So it could be there, or they could have a special spot for celebrities. Maybe they did that on purpose, so it's like, you'll never know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Guess we gotta become celebrities and figure it out. Well, hey, the viewers can do that. Listen. Yeah, <laughs> listen to us, make us famous, and we will tell you all the secrets. All the secrets. <laughs> well, I think that's really all we've got for you today. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and we've had so much fun with this girls only episode. Yeah, and First, I mean, this wouldn't have been possible without you guys listening. The team yeah, wouldn't have grown. Absolutely. And... So thank you guys so much, and we had so much fun talking yeah. about the girls of Star Wars, and we're super excited to see where they all go and where Star Wars goes, and yeah, we'll always be here to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, thank you guys so much, and may the Force be with you. Always. Always. 